1: The title of the series is Dear Titus. Somebody say Dear Titus. Dear Titus. That is the title of the series we are doing. Come with me to Titus chapter 1 and verse number 1 to 16. When the word of God dwells in you, you are a powerful being. Satan does not fear any Christian who can speak in tongues. But he fears the Christian who knows how to quote the word of God. And when the word is coated with understanding and revelation, Satan will find his place. You remember when he encountered Jesus. Jesus had fasted. So if there was a time to continue speaking in tongues, that was a very good time. But when Jesus needed to win, he won by the word. If you are going to win in life, you need to be rooted and grounded in the word. Somebody say, be rooted rooted. and grounded in the word. Be Be rooted and grounded in the word. And you see, the greatest battle you will fight in life is in your mind somebody say in my mind yeah that's the greatest battle you fight it's a spiritual war and the war goes on in between your two ears. and so if the mind is not stayed on the things it needs to be stayed on you would miss it the greatest battle you you fight in life when satan came to jesus he was just speaking to his mind it's not like satan came to you can't even stand before christ it came to his mind. He came to bombard his mind. So all those things, thoughts, negative demonic thoughts that are going through your mind is not from anywhere. It's from Satan. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. Let me show you something before we get here. Because in this prayer warfare age, most people think that their warfare is somewhere. But it's here. Look at it. The Bible said, for though we walk. Let's look at that. For though we do what? We walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. So, this is establishing and acknowledging the fact that there's war going on. Thank you, Say There's war going on. That's what I tell Christians all the time. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be intimidated. When somebody sees you and tells you I have this revelation and this attack and that attack and people are so disoriented and they give in to fear and the fear allows Satan to begin to rule their lives and then be able to operate in their lives because that is what gives him a stronghold or a foothold in your life. What is going on? It's only an ignorant Christian who thinks that you would commit your life to Christ or you come to faith in Christ and Satan will let you go. Satan is fighting you. He fought you. He blinded you so you couldn't see the gospel. You couldn't appreciate the light of the gospel. That's before you are saved. He fights you and blinds you strongly. So no matter what we teach, no matter what you hear, people will be showing you love, inviting you, you will not mind because you have been blinded. The Bible said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who do not believe. Anybody who does not believe that Jesus is Lord is because they are blinded. Who is blinding them? Satan. So that's where the first thing starts. When the light of the gospel comes and then you receive it and you are born again, then he comes again. Instead of allowing you to grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ, then he occupies you with a lot of things the curse of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, all kinds of things to occupy you so that you never grow up to become a mature Christian and a spiritual Christian. That's Satan's strategy. So, a lot of people are born again, but they are kinder. A lot of people are born again, but they are not growing. They are babies. And you see, when you are a baby, the things that are yours (laughs) will be taken away from you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you you understand what I'm saying? When you're a baby, the things you need to take with boldness and audacity, you'll be crying. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. God said, I helped you long time ago. Everything you need has been made available to you. Go ahead and take it. The Bible says, when a strong man arm keeper his palace, his goods are safe. And you are supposed to be that strong man. You are strong when you stand in grace. The Bible said, be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you stand in the grace of God, you are strong. But when you decide that you will not stand in grace, but you will be operating anyhow, you won't stand in grace. When we call for priority, you won't come. When we are fellowshipping, you won't come. How will you stand in grace? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So when these things are not in place, Satan is strong. Any believer in whose life Satan is strong, eh? Is because they have allowed him to be strong. Satan is not supposed to be strong in the life of a believer. No. No. Once you are born again, you have the life of God in you, you have been raised seated far above principalities and powers. Now, by the time the one you are supposed to be sitting far above is troubling you that you can't sit comfortably where you are supposed to be seated, something is wrong somewhere. And we need to confront that. And it comes with knowledge. When you are not taught, and when you don't give yourself to knowledge, you struggle. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Some people also know, but they know the wrong things. You have to know the truth. It's only the knowledge of the truth that brings freedom. It's only the knowledge of the truth that brings liberty. If you are going to walk in freedom and dominion, your knowledge of the truth must be excellent. Praise God. You have to be skillful at handling the word of righteousness. That's why we are committed to teaching. There is nothing we will do more till Christ comes in this commission, in this church, more than teaching. That is the principal thing. Every other thing we do will bear great fruit in the lives of those who embrace the word. Because a lot of people want help from God. And God has already helped them by giving them his word. But they will not consider the word. They want help from some other means. It doesn't come like that. If you will not make time with the word, you will go through the world, experience a lot of worries. Are you here with me. Yeah. So appreciate the place of word. therefore we don't we walk in the flesh, follow this closely. We walk in the flesh. we do not walk according to the flesh. So you don't carry knives and glasses sensei, and say, uh, some all of those foolish things. When you are ignorant, you follow a lot of foolish things also. People cheat you. They frighten you with things that are not supposed to frighten you. You are corrupted by the simplicity which is in Christ. You are cobob own way. Yeah, Where will you find him? The man is a spirit being, so where will you find him? Unless, of course, you want to kill the person who has yielded himself to him and he's using him to. Att- Most of the time, that's what he's against. When they say they are going to. It's uh, Somebody. Somebody must die. But most of the time, you don't know that the person who must die is a lazy man inside you. When that lazy man dies and you become spiritually diligent, there is no way any attack can continue. Yeah. You sleep and sleep all through. And when you dream some dreams, you are troubled. <laughs> yeah. Because while men slept, the enemy came. So there's a point where man must sleep, but there's a point where man must be up. Yeah. Jesus rising up a great while before he departed and went to a solid place. And then he prayed. So, we do not war. Somebody say, we do not war. Yeah. Oh, Papa, the battles I'm dealing with, you don't understand. Listen, I'm also dealing with battles. Yeah, yeah. I'm dealing with battles. And I'm not struggling the way I'm struggling. And the, the reason is because I'm conscious of the weapons and I'm using them. There are thoughts that have come to your mind. They have come to my mind before. And maybe tomorrow they will come to my mind. If you have received some thoughts today, negative thoughts, that have come to you today that I don't have. Maybe my own is waiting in the future because Satan will come for everybody. Satan comes for what? Everybody. He never leaves anyone permanently once you are born again. So the Bible says resist the devil. Do what? Resist the devil. Yeah. In fact, if I'm able to get the time, I'll spend some time and teach you something about Satan, how to de- deal with Satan, knowing him and dealing with him. Because he's a tricks master, and you need to know him. I really, really don't like talking about him so much. Because usually, when you are taught the original, it's easy to identify the fake. Uh And a lot of people make Satan very powerful. I don't like that because he's not. He's as powerful as I yield myself to him. As I give him room. In the book of Ephesians, he said, neither give place to the devil. Somebody say, don't give him place. Uh So, when we give Satan place, he takes it. And when he takes it, he will trouble you. He will trouble you with all manner. But all his troubles are over in your life. I said, all Satan's troubles are over in your life. Your amen is very weak. So that's what he's saying. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. Then he tells you, for the weapons of our warfare are not what? The weapons of our warfare are not what? Where are the weapons? Where you go to Ephesians, you see them there. Don't take me there, but... You go to Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor. And if you look at all the armor, the only thing that is an offensive weapon there is the word of God. All of them are protective weapons. You use the shield of faith to protect yourself. No, But the sword, <laughs> you are looking for somebody to cut and destroy. is the word of God. It's the word of God. When you engage the sword in your decisions, in your dealings, you will always be on top you always be on top. you always be on top. That is the only weapon that is offensive. When the word is being taught, he puts sleep in your eyes. When the word is being taught, when you wake up, you don't make... I mean, I have encouraged Christians who want to grow spiritually. And all they do is to wake up and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. How long do you spend in the word? Sometimes you are doing better. How long do you spend in the word? It's 15 minutes. How long do you spend in prayer? One hour. Whether it's true or not, I can't tell. Yeah, because there's no way you can be praying for one hour and the Holy Ghost will not be wetting your appetite for the Word of God. When you pray genuinely for one hour consistently, you will be desiring more of God and the Holy Spirit will guide you without anything to be studying the Word of God. Am I communicating here? Yeah. So you need a tool. You need a two. You see, you are a spirit being. Your spirit it becomes strong. When it is well fed, your spirit feeds on the word. The same way your body feeds on banku, fufu and rice and all of those is your spirit feeds on the word of God. When your soul is fed, it's transmitted into your spirit and then you are gone. You walk in victory. Amen. Say, I'm walking in victory. I'm walking in victory. That's what he says. For our weapons are not what? canna, But they are what? Mighty, somebody say, mighty. Mighty. The weapons of our offer are not kind of mighty in God for the pulling down of what? For the pulling down of what? Yeah, I know if you meet a deliverance minister there, he will tell you there's a stronghold in your family. There's a stronghold in your family. There's a stronghold in your family. And I don't get it. I don't get it. Stronghold in my family. Which of them, the spiritual one or the natural one? And between the spiritual and the natural, which one is stronger? Where am I standing? What am I supposed to be very conscious of? My natural family or my spiritual family? And when you look at the pieces, they always pointed them to the reality of their spiritual family. Because you are in Christ. You are not in any place. It's when you are outside Christ that you can think of, but I'm in Christ. There is no background to you in Christ. You don't have any background. There's something that went on in your background. There's this they did in your background. That was before Christ. Now I'm in Christ. And if I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. New creation means that one that has never existed before. So there can be a background. There's no background whatsoever. You have never been there before. Nobody has ever known you before. Your kind has never existed before. So there cannot be a background. But you see, the, the fact that there's a stronghold in your family, it has eaten your head so much. That you can't think deeply about what I'm saying. So that stronghold is controlling you. And as long as there's something in your background, that's what will happen. Because you have as you believe. As a man thinketh, so is he. May the Lord help you with understanding. Weapons of our warfare, not kinder, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Then he tells you the strongholds you should pull down. Because that's where it is. Casting down arguments argument now when you read the king james he says casting down imaginations i like that one imaginations imaginations suicidal imaginations 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 that is when you form images in your mind there are images you form in your mind you are depressed you see your mind is so powerful that you can be all there by yourself and you form images in your mind and nobody has taught you. But tears will be flowing through your eyes. Today it will be flowing. Because you have imagined the worst. That's why the word of God must take root in your heart. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Not poorly. Let it dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you. I see you walk in victory. Amen. Casting down what? Imagination and every high thing that exalt itself against. The knowledge of God. So, if the knowledge of God in you is weak, when something is exalting itself against the knowledge of God, you know it. When thoughts come to your mind, they are exalting themselves against the knowledge of you. Know it because you don't even have any proper knowledge of God. Then he said, "Bring." Somebody say, "Bring." bring. That's how you walk in victory. You bring into captivity. It it means to arrest by force arrest by, bring into captivity. Don't allow your mind I'm a free thinker. No, that makes you a risk. If you are a free thinker and you think freely, you will be destroyed freely. You cannot allow your mind to think freely. You have to let your mind think in a certain way. Let this mind be in you. It said, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are of uh, virtue. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You've been given a syllable to think on. So you can't be thinking anyhow and expect that you are walking in health you are walking in prosperity, you are walking in peace. It doesn't work like that. I'm not complicating here at all. So. Every item that results itself above the and bringing into every captivity to the obedience of Christ. Do you know what it means to bring something to the obedience of Christ? Bring it to the obedience of Christ. Bring it. Bring it. Subject it to the things Christ has accomplished for you. If you look at it, bring it into. If it is not consistent with the finished work of Christ on the cross, arrest it. It's not correct. Are you here with me? May the Lord help you tonight okay so come with me to the book of titus somebody say titus Titus. okay titus titus is only a three chapter letter and the chapters are actually there because of the writers and they did that to shorten it and help you to get an understanding sometimes the chapters they introduce the places they introduce some of them sometimes can even distort the meaning of it but it was supposed the original manuscripts were not written in chapters But the chapters were introduced as a way of organizing the the body of knowledge. Okay, so there's chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. That's all. Very, very short book. You can read through it in less than 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's a book you can read every day. And I'm encouraging you to read it every day. Every day. Or read it every Wednesday. If not every day, you can read it every day. You can keep your devotional and read it every Wednesday we are coming to we are we are in a school somebody say we are in a school Amen. okay so let's see what the bible says titus chapter 1 verse 6 1 to 16 paul somebody say paul paul, uh-huh. paul a bond servant of god and an apostle of jesus christ now look at that according to the faith of god's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which are caused with take note of the word godliness. In the hope of eternal life, which God, which cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, let's read that together, to Titus, a true son in our common faith. The word common faith could mean the body of the content of our faith, and it could also mean the, our common salvation, our common faith. The Bible says that when I gave diligence to write to you, Jude 3, when I gave diligence to write to you, I gave all diligence to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to you. Alright, so he says, to tie us our true son in our common faith. Then he says, grace and what? Mercy and peace from God the Father. Good. Verse 5. For this that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Great. Alright. Now, if a man is what? Blameless. The husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation. Seven. For a bishop must be blameless, as a steward of God, not self-will, not quick-tempered, not given to wine. Not violent, not greedy for money, eight, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, self-control. Nine, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Let's go ahead, for there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers. Especially those of the circumcision. Verse 2. Verse 11. Whose mouths must be stopped? who subvert whole households teaching things for the sake of dishonest gain? One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Verse 13. This testimony is what? Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sad. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it will be somewhere. Oh. Do you know that this letter was read like the way we are reading it? Wow. So, <laughs> Titus is in Crete, and then this letter is written, and in their meeting, which is made up of largely Cretian, Cretans, and they are reading. Then in the reading, they said the Cretans are, uh, one of their prophets said the Cretans are evil beasts, they are slow bellies. you can imagine how they will feel but Paul wrote it and then they had to communicate he said not giving it to what? Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth verse 15 to the pure but even their mind and conscience are defiled verse 16 they profess to know God but in works they deny him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified. Okay, so like we do with all letters, when you receive a letter, I mean, this is not the age of letters, this is the age of emails. Uh, but even the email, the first thing you are likely to see is the person that sent the mail. So the person's email address will be there. And in ancient times or in Bible times, when they were writing letters, that is how. We now, uh, in our times, will write and they will sign those days those who did pamper your 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 <laughs> your faithful, yours faithfully, and then if it's a love letter, yours what? <laughs> yours what? Yours forever. And <laughs> some of those, yours forever never became yes) <laughs> Alright, so that is... That's, but you see, Paul is writing, and then he introduces himself. So he starts with it. So right from the word go, you see who is writing what. Paul is writing, and then he tells us in verse number 4, to Titus is a letter. That's why this title, the series title is Dear Titus. We are reading Titus' letter. But the things that were said in it were not limited to Titus. They are supposed to be applied to all of us. Christians of all ages can be enriched and benefit from the truth therein in this teaching. Paul, like we said last week, wrote a number of letters. But these three letters are con- constitute what we call the pastoral letters. Somebody say pastoral letters. Pastorial. Yeah. When you meet somebody who has just come fr- fresh from Bible school, and you tell him, which one? Ask the person, do you know the pastoral letters? So that you can challenge them more. Praise the Lord. Tell you say pastoral letters now pastoral letters are pastoral letters they are letters that have to do with how a pastor should do his work the work of the church how things are done in the church that's what largely it addresses first timothy second timothy and titus they constitute the pastoral letters and these letters are not just pastoral but are also personal and i told you last week that there are three personal letters paul wrote one was to timothy the other was to titus and the other was philemon these were letters that were written and addressed to individuals. Other than these letters, all his other letters were written to the church. When you read the book of Titus and you see the things that went on, you realize that it's not everything that the apostles did that is fully captured in the book of Acts. Sometimes people debate all of this: where do we see this? Where do we this? We say we should that we should do this. They can be found in the New Testament. The truth of the matter is that not everything that they did or said is documented. It's not. Even Jesus, they said, "Of all, if all the things he did were to be documented, the books of the world will not be enough. Mm-hmm. Jesus began to do and to teach. That's what we are told. And then the apostles also continued to do and to teach. And we are also doing and we are teaching. So Revelation comes. But there is no revelation that is superior to the revelation of the written scriptures. That is settled. So any revelation that is of scripture, that revelation cannot be accepted. But the truth of the matter is that not everything is documented. Because you see, when you read the letter, verse 5. Look at that, verse 5. For this reason I left you in Crete. Look at verse 5 with me quickly, please. Let's read it together. One go. For this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city. For this reason, I left you what? In Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every... So here we see clearly, last week we established that this was the very reason why the letter was written. It was written clearly. Paul says, the reason why I'm writing to you is so that I left you in Crete. Now, when you read the book of Acts, where his journeys were recorded, There is no place where it's recorded that Apostle Paul was in Crete. But he must have been in Crete because written, documented, he was in Crete. He left, he was with Titus in Crete and left him there. And when I come to talk about Crete itself, because in one of the teachings, I'll talk about Crete, the city. Because when you are reading a book, everything matters. Every word, everything matters there. So the one who is writing the letter matters. The people or the person to whom he's writing matters. The circumstances at the time matters. So uh, he's writing to the Corinthians at a time where there's a lot of division and all kinds of things. Believers are taking one another to court and Paul writes to them and says, listen, why are you behaving like people are not born again? You take one another to court. That was the circumstance. So when you read the letter without understanding and background, you are able to appreciate it. And so that is key here. He says, I left you in greed and the reason is we should set in order. So, they went to Crete for a mission. Church was already there. So, the purpose is clearly indicated. What's the purpose? Set in order. Somebody say set in order. Uh So, one of the things that you see clearly in this book is about order. It's about order. 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 Order runs through almost every chapter, every area. Order is critical. So, that's the purpose. There are major topics or themes in the book one of them is order because that's what the book is about order order is one of the major topics that is talked about here order in church in this book you see order in church you see order at home you see order in the nation you see order at work everywhere there must be order because nothing can be done without order somebody say nothing can be done without order say no progress can be made without order Order is so important that God had to pause creation and restore order before he could continue creation. That's why order is important. If you have money and there's no order in your finance, you will not make progress with your finance. If you have a home and there's no order in the home, you will make progress. If you are the boss of a place at work and there's no order, people come to work as and when they want, leave when they want, there is no way you can make progress. Order is very, very critical. And then he says, order. So set in order. That's one of the things we'll be looking at. Order. Then he talks about leadership. Set in order. Appoint elders in every place. Do you see that? Appoint elders in every place. Talking about leadership there. Then he talks about sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is repeated through a number of the verses. Look at verse 1, verse 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may by... By... He may by sound doctrine both exhort and convict those who what? Okay, look at Titus 1, 13 to 14. We are reading a letter, so we have to be reading and reading. Read with me one go. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. They may be sound what? The Uh The Greek word that is translated sound has to do with hygiene. That is the same. Listen, we will come back to look at those details. There will be sound in the faith. Sound in the faith He's talking about sound doctrine. Two, verse one. Let's go. But as for you, okay, Titus two, verse six to eight. Likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern. Uh huh. Sound yeah. yeah, so tomorrow when you are doing your quiet time, you can just spend some time to look at the number of times sound is appearing. Sound, 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 sound. So that's it. So there's order, there's leadership, there's sound doctrine, which was very critical because the assignment he gave Titus demanded that he brings clarity on the doctrine that was being taught and practiced at the place. And then, of course, grace is also mentioned. We find grace in four different verses in this book. One, we have grace in chapter 1, verse 4, Titus to Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace. 2, verse 11, he says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. When you read Titus 3, 7, That having been justified... okay 315 all who are with me greet you greet those who love us in the faith so you see grace 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 coming and again and then of course we have good works somebody say good works Uh uh-huh so it's a book of good works and it's a book of grace and it's interesting how he takes time to work it out in a very beautiful way now look at it titus 115 to 16 to the pure all things are what pure but to those who are defiled and unbelieving nothing in his word, pure, but even their mind and conscience are now look at verse 16. They profess to know but they profess to know but in works being abominable, disobedient 2.14 2.14 Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and zealous for good works. Titus 3 8. Look at that. Titus 3.8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want to affirm constantly. That those who believe in God should be careful to maintain these things are good and profitable. All right. To verse 11 to 12 for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto Amen. teaching us that denying ungodliness and wetliness we should live righteously in this present age so we have good works which sometimes is used interchangeably with godliness together in the book Alright, so these are major topics that you find in the book. And we will take time to touch on some of them. But remain a true son and raise true sons. Turn to your neighbor and say, remain Remain a true son son and raise raise true sons. 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 Yeah, remain a true son and raise true sons. Remain. Say it again. Remain Remain a true son son and and raise raise true sons. Okay, so when you read the book, Titus 1, verse 4, he says, Paul, Titus 1, 4, he says, the letter is coming from Paul and is addressed to Titus, a true, please, a true, yeah, it says, true son in our common Okay, true son in our common faith. So Paul is writing to a son whom he has proven to be a true son. And he sends him to a place. He goes with him to a city and he leaves him there. And he writes to him and begins to instruct him. And among the many instructions, what one could deduce or what comes out clear is the fact that Paul expected Titus to continue his faithfulness as a true son and also raise other sons. We see that very clearly in chapter 1 verse 5 to 6. Let's read that. Chapter 5 verse 1 to 6. For this reason I left you in Crete that you set in order and appoint Uh now look at verse 6 if a man is blameless the husband on one wife having faithful children for the purpose of time we can leave it there you see so he writes to him and he says Titus you are my true son he acknowledges that and then he leaves him at the place he said Titus I still see you as a true son. Remain as a true son. Don't be corrupted. Because you are in Crete. And the matters in Crete can easily eat you up. They can easily enter you. Sometimes people are very faithful when they are around us. But the moment they move out, then something different enters them. Praise the Lord. In our church here, sometimes people are here. When they travel, then you know that Papa, Papa was fake. Yeah, there are people who are in our church here. Yeah? They've traveled out our international page, they are not part. When we call for meetings, they don't come. But he says, you are a true son. Remain as a son. And I pray that when God opens your door, you remain as a son. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> as for church, a lot of people come here with all kinds of motives. They are looking for the America. When they get it, that's all. They are not coming to commit to Christ and connect to Christ. We remain, remain. Most people are good starters, but are very poor finishers. So he says, you are a true son. Remain as a true son and raise. He was telling him to raise true sons because he gave him the criteria. If you saw it, he says, appoint elders in every place. Then he gives him a criteria that will help him to raise sons that will be like himself. So he says, for this reason, I left you in Greedah. He set in order, and appoint elders in every city. And he didn't leave it to vacuum or to his own discretion. He began to outline the criteria he should use. Verse 6, he says, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or abomination, For a bishop must be blameless, a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not giving to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convict those who contradict. Doesn't this one look like a true son for you? Can't you see that? That's a, a person of an impeccable character. That's what he's talking about there. So Titus, you are a true son. Raise people like you. What I've realized in ministry is that ministry is such that the people who are faithful will always produce after their kind. People who are unfaithful will also produce after their unkind. If you give a church for a pastor to pastor the church and he's not faithful, most of the congregation people will not be faithful. If a pastor is not faithful with tight giving first fruit, you see that his congregation, they are not in the same. Most of the time. The Bible says in the book of Hosea, I think Hosea also, like priests, like people. Most of the time, it's not different. It's not different at all. Faithfulness. Remain and then raise. You will always produce after your kind. Do you see that in Genesis? He says, let every fruit then bring after its own kind you will always produce after your kind. You will always produce after your kind. That's why you have to be careful. Paul was very careful about the kind of person he sent to a place because he knew that he had impact on that. Now, Titus and Timothy are two guys that Paul used the word true sons for. Now, you must understand that Paul had many sons. He had many sons. In fact, the whole church of Corinth he said i have begotten you in the gospel so almost everybody if you don't know the other places other churches and all of that we can even narrow it to current only and even in current only if all the people in current were his sons he says you know you have many instructors you don't have many fathers i have begotten you in the gospel to a whole church now if all of these people were there and he had he planted churches all over the places but these two What was about them? There was something unique about them. And we will not be able to get there tonight. There was something unique about Titus and Timothy, which we also need to embrace if you are going to fulfill our ministries and fulfill our callings in Christ. Ministry is about fathers and sons. Somebody say ministry is about fathers and sons. And you see, the reason why God left you here when you got born again is because he has ministry for you to execute. Most people usually don't know that. They just think it's about working and making money and building houses and driving cars. Great. They are not bad. God wants you to have all of that. But that's not his purpose for leaving you here. When you got born again, he could have easily raptured you. He could have made something to happen and then you would just get, if he wanted you in heaven, he would have taken you anyway, anyhow. Paul was talking about the fact that he said, I'm torn between two. I have a desire to go and be with Christ, which is far better. But I also want to abide here because when I'm here, I have ministry to do. I can be a blessing. I can lead souls. I can teach a cell. I can establish people in Christ. So because of this, for your sake, I'm going to abide here. Listen and listen real good. You are not here just to make money. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are not here to make money. Yeah, it's good. But that's not the purpose why you are here. You are here because God has business for you. Now, listen. There's no way the government of the United States will bring the ambassador to Ghana and he's doing his own thing. Can you imagine that? He's here and Australia is not in And all those are personal staff. They go to the U.S. Embassy in Accra and he's not there. He's not engaging the people. People, American citizens in the nation, they reach out to the embassy. They want to have a word with the ambassador. He's not available. Biden will call him home in a very short time. A very short time. The same way if he comes and he decides that, okay, I'm in Ghana, but I'll be promoting Republican agenda instead of a Democratic agenda in Ghana. So the Republicans are against gay and they are against abortion and all of those things. That's just basic difference. But there are too many differences between the two. And sometimes I believe that Republicans are even too hypocritical. Now listen. Now, but the Democrats are also for gay. So, can you imagine that Biden brings a democratic ambassador? Because, obviously, when MPP comes to power, they will not appoint Kujato Ablakwa as a minister of foreign affairs. It will not happen. So, it's the same thing. He appoints... I want you to understand this very well. Because most of our crisis in life, really, is because we are not following the assignment God will have us do. Because as long as the ambassador commits himself... To the business of the government. To represent the government the best way he knows or is expected to. You can be sure that he will be committed to him. Everything he needs will be made available. That is the same thing that the Bible says in Matthew 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of which you are an ambassador. And all these things will be added unto you. So, the reason why you are not getting the things you are not getting is because, you see, you are minding your own thing. You are minding your own thing. It's your work, is your family, is your wife. That's all you care about. You can't have time for God. You are not interested. Get money and you spend it all by yourself. You don't think about kingdom agenda. That's why you are struggling. You see, I tell people all the time, most of the time, if you have a problem, the first key to solving your problem is, number one, tell yourself the truth. If you want to, so- to have a solution, tell yourself the truth yeah tell yourself the truth ah amma so me share too much no tell yourself sir. me me pema yeah me pema anya ma me saw hweh because o pema amma o pen nti muti because anya nkwano you're not the only person who is tempted so you have to be honest with yourself that's where it starts from be honest with yourself be honest with yourself okay so that's its key Seek ye first. Seek it first. In my own small life, things people pray for years to get, I don't get them with prayer. They come to me with ease. Am I communicating here? Yeah. I don't pray for them. I don't pray for them. Because really, there are very few material things I pray for in my lifetime. Very, very few. And as I'm speaking, I can't even remember them. I don't pray for them. But I have been obsessed with kingdom for many years. It's not just yesterday. So you start. Oh, okay. I, I will do. <laughs> then after one week, you are off. <laughs> when it comes to kingdom business, let me show you a secret. The secret is consistency. Somebody say consistency. consistency. Yeah, consistency, consistency. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. I don't know why I'm digressing, but I think God is helping somebody. Consistency. Somebody say Consistency. Hebrews 6.10. Let me show you something. Hebrews 6.10. 6, For God is not unjust. How come I've been serving God? I've been giving. I've been dedicated to the choir. I've been singing. I've been offering. And yet I'm not seeing talk. Listen. Once you talk like that, you are saying God is unjust. That's, but the Bible tells us who God's character is. He is not unjust. Now, and he is not forgetful too. To forget your work. And your labor of love, which you have told toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and have stopped ministering. And have stopped ministering. And have stopped ministering. Yeah. So you join choir for one month, you stop. Whatever is is scheduled to come to you, stops. You have ministered and you are still ministering. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58, let's see that. You are still ministering. You are still ministering. You are still ministering. More conveniently, because see, before God will put you in a place he will prove you first, he what? Say, I will be proven first. first. It's only a foolish boss who will promote somebody he has not tested. That's why when you get to a proper place to work, they give you orientation. Sometimes it's three months, sometimes it's six months, and they want to know what stuff you are made of. Can you stand pressure? Do you know how to make decisions? Do you know how to report to time? Do you know how to submit to those who are your superiors? All of those things will be tested. After they are tested, you can be now apportioning your proper place. People are in a hurry for things which they have not adequately prepared themselves for. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So when do you have reward for your labor when these things are in place? Too many Christians are very inconsistent, inconsistent with prayer, inconsistent with giving, inconsistent with church attendance, and you are expecting that things will turn around, that things don't turn around. You see, if you start school, start a degree now, and you are very inconsistent, you go once a week to class, every year you go for lectures twice, <laughs> they will withdraw you, and even if they are patient with you, it will take you how many years to finish the course? But look at how you can commit yourself to your secular task. That is what shows your kingdom. You can be consistent to it. Deliver. And so you are getting promoted on your secular job. But spiritually you are declining. And it's, it's dangerous. Are you here with me? Are you here with me? Yes, sir. All right. That's where we are. what we are looking at, truly. So he says, my true son. Somebody say, my true son. My true son. I'm just running up. My true son in the faith. Let's look at Titus 1 4. To Titus, a true son in our common faith. Grace, a message to you. Two. that's it. To Titus, a true son in a common faith. May you be a true son. Amen. 1 Timothy 1 2. To Timothy, a true son. In the a true son. In the I pray you'll be a true son. Amen. Yeah, because the benefits of being a true son are enormous amazing benefit. just being a true son you just have to be a true son so titus you're a true son but titus raised true sons the word true from the greek word means something that is legitimately born you are born genuinely you are born and when it comes to that he's talking about i think it has to do with the fact that Titus and Timothy were people who were saved for real. They were born again. They were believers. They had faith in Christ. Their life so that they were established in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. He said, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. With, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So they were born through the right means. And they were truly saved. True also means true. Somebody said, true also means True. Yeah. Yeah, from the Greek, true also means true. It means that they are genuine, they are sincere. They are not faking it. When they say, Papa, they mean it. When they say, you are my spiritual father, they mean it. When you speak, they hear. When you give an instruction, they take it. Am I communicating here? They are not fake. They are not fake. A lot of people are very, very fake. I'm going to walk you through some features of a true son, and you see it yourself. That is why not many people were on this list, but Titus and Timothy. The word son comes from the Greek word techno, and it means a child or a daughter, son or a daughter, all of that. Uh, it's, so when you say a son, it, we are not talking about only men, or listen, it applies to both. My true son in the common faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now it's important we appreciate that in New Testament times, disciples were called children of their teachers. Huh. They were called children of their teachers. Pupils were called children by their teachers because the same way a biological mother or father molds their children by feeding, nourishing them by feeding them. That is how teachers nourish the minds of their students or disciples and molded the character of their disciples. That's why Jesus said, Every disciple that is well trained shall be like his master they molded them they shaped their minds so they thought and they have the same view and you come to see why titus paul said when i sent titus to you did he take advantage of you did we not walk in the same spirit because he had been molded he had been shaped he had been made to think in a particular way am I communicating here stand on your feet and begin to thank god and give him praise